Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Sensitive Collective Podcast. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created Sensitive Collective to be a space where empaths and sensitives can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journey. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more of us empaths and sensitives waking up to our nature every single day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform both you and the entire world. And it's why we're here. So join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy. Hello, my love. Welcome back to the Sensitive Collective Podcast. My name is Laura Ann. I am your host and healing mentor. And I don't know, um, something about this time of year and uh, the content I've been creating and the work I've been doing with myself, um, I have been having the most intense dreams, um, really connected with my inner child and my inner teenager. And, um, you know, dreaming about people that I forgot even existed and that I was friends with from like elementary school in, um, in just great detail. And, uh, you know, I know I've, I've spoken here before about my, um, my pretty elaborate dreamscapes, <laughs> my very elaborate dreamscapes that happen. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know if that's happening for you too this time of year as, um, as old memories and energies and things are kind of stirred up from our past going into the holiday season. I was really inspired by last week's episode, um, talking about internal boundaries to riff on that. Uh, and today talk about another really important pitfall for sensitives inside of our interpersonal relationships, which is the tendency for us to take emotional responsibility for other people. And um, I'm going to get into more about defining what that is here in a minute. But just to say why this is so important, um, when we are in the habit and in in this pattern of um, taking emotional responsibility for others, it's one of the things that um, contributes to being in unhealthy relationship dynamics, such as codependency. It also contributes to getting stuck into toxic relationships with narcissists um, because they want us to take emotional responsibility for them. They actually seek that out. So um, just to put that plant that little seed here at the start of the episode um, as one of the reasons why this is important in addition to just the internal experience that you have with yourself. Um, as you know, that that experience really does influence the kind of relationships you're going to be able to have as well. 
um, externally from self. Uh, and I feel like that's a whole other podcast episode, <clears throat> but today I really wanted to stay true to the intention that I set for this month of showing up in the ways that I felt would be most supportive for you as a sensitive during this holiday season. Um, and this was something I really needed a reminder about. So, uh, I thought I would, um, dedicate an episode about taking emotional responsibility for others. You are not responsible for their feelings. This could very well be a mantra for us as sensitives. It's at the heart of our people-pleasing tendencies. And we mean so well. <laughs> our, our intentions are pure. We have big hearts. We want to help people. We want people to feel good. We want people to feel comfortable and certainly would never, ever want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. And this is, of course, <laughs> so much it, of our behavior is. Um, it's rooted in childhood and in the programming we received growing up, the stories that we inherited around where our value and our worth reside, and how we were expected to show up inside of our family and community dynamics. Every human receives this programming. Um, you know, we are socialized to believe that when you care about someone, you make them have good feelings. Um, women especially are, are also programmed and conditioned to believe that they are responsible for what others feel. And as sensitives, we sort of doubly take this, this programming to heart because you, here's the thing, not, not only were we super sensitive to that messaging um, that everybody receives in, in our society and our culture, right? That, um, you know, when you care about someone, it's up to you to, to make them feel good. Um, but it's actually something that lines up with our innate gifts as sensitives and our, our sensitivity superpowers because we are so good at knowing and intuiting when something's off, um, of anticipating the needs of others, of reading the room, reading the energy, knowing when someone's upset and what might make them feel better. So this innate gift this sensitivity superpower was often rewarded and reinforced for us within that emotional model that we learned as kids, you're responsible for making other people feel good. And so it became synonymous with our ability to be seen, valued, and accepted by our people. Your nervous system and your body read that as safety as survival. That programming, programming, it runs so super, super deep. It's core programming. It's your default setting. And so, <laughs> I mean, it makes total sense that many of us are still running that programming without even really noticing it or giving it much thought. It's just kind of, again, it's that default. It's like in the background, just the way that we're showing up. 
And our impulse to manage other people's reactions and emotions and take them personally because they're your responsibility, that's something that still comes up for me. I don't know if it's ever going to 100% go away, (laughs) Um, but it has gotten just a million times better. And when it comes up, I'm usually pretty aware of it and able to actively work with it and through it pretty quickly. I wanted to highlight it and highlight this in today's episode because it is the holidays and, um, you know, we have more time around people in general, but especially our families. And so your core programming, those default settings, right, from childhood um, are a lot easier to slip back into subconsciously without even realizing it. This next little piece might feel harsh. Um, I'm offering it with just so much love because I have found it to be ultimately very empowering um, and motivating in helping me to let go of taking emotional responsibility for other people. Here it is. Taking responsibility for other people's emotions is actually manipulative and controlling and garners resentment in your relationships on both sides. (gasps) I know, (laughs) I warned you, it feels harsh, Um, but hear me out. <clears throat> because you're you're trying to control how the other person is feeling um, by maybe changing how you're showing up. Um, you're placing value judgments on their emotional experience in the process, and and that just feels icky for everyone involved. You know, when you try to to shape shift and people please. Um, you're not acting from an authentic place. You're acting via projection, um, albeit a projection of what you believe the other person wants or needs you to be in any given moment to you know, minimize conflict, to minimize their bad feelings or their big emotion, right? To change what they're feeling. And this is not only disempowering and exhausting as an experience for you, but the energetics of that are actually really out of alignment and off for the other person as well. If they're also a sensitive, they might even be able to verbalize that to you. But either way, it still ends up feeling manipulative and controlling, even if they aren't consciously aware of it and it's just the energetic subtext. And so they resent you because you're pulling at their puppet strings and you resent them because you are out of alignment and showing up not authentically and that feels gross and is really draining to boot. Extra resentment can build if they don't react the way you think they should or wish they would as well on top of this. So what comes from a place, again, of big-hearted good intentions of love and care and wanting to help can become a big, stinky, resentful mess. 
enter the mantra, I am not responsible for their feelings. This isn't a blank check for you to be an asshole, <laughs> right? Not that, not that that's generally a problem that sensitives have because we're really desperate for love and approval. Um, and we have that worthiness wound that, that we're working through. Um, and many of us are recovering people pleasers. Um, but of course, we, we still want to be considerate and compassionate, um, but from a more grounded and empowered place. And it means that when someone else is having strong or heavy emotions, you are not the one who has caused them. They are responsible for their own emotional reality. Now, again, it's not a blank check to be an asshole. So like if I have taken an action that has actively influenced the well-being of someone else and I have hurt them, (laughs) that... I need to take ownership. I need to take responsibility for my actions. But let's say, um, for example, Uncle Joe takes offense, gets triggered, and yells at you when you ask where Aunt Jane is because you had no idea that their marriage is on the rocks and he's got a hair trigger right now about all things Aunt Jane. That is not your fault. And here I want to take a moment to talk about what this feels like, to highlight the emotional, physical, and energetic reality and lived experience as a sensitive when someone else is upset with you or triggered by you. So much of how we feel in that moment of that person is mad at me or they're they're projecting onto me, their big feelings, so much of how we feel and respond to that is rooted in our childhood traumas and programming, as I mentioned at the start of the episode. Um, For me, a lot of this comes back to my relationship with my dad because he was really emotionally volatile and um, I really struggled with his anger and his anger management And that has really informed my attachment style, which is disorganized, um, because I never really knew which version of my dad I would be getting. And I always had a little bit of that um, walking on eggshells feeling just running in the background. And again, as kids, we feel like everything is our fault. We internalize everything as being, that's because of me. That's because of me. And so we believe all the bad stuff, our parents fighting, for example, was on us. It's that, that, um, that cliche, or or I don't know if it's a cliche, but you know, how, how common it is for kids, um, of divorced parents feeling like the divorce is their fault, right? This is, this is what kids do. We internalize it. So inner child stuff comes up really strongly for me and for most of us, you know, in your own unique and specific flavor Um, and feeling into what that lived emotional, physical, and energetic experience was for you as a kid is going to really help inform the kind of work you want to do with yourself and getting out of that pattern 
of taking emotional responsibility for others. When other people have big emotional reactions and I'm taking emotional responsibility for them, it really does feel like I'm that kid again. It feels like I'm that little girl again. And um, in last week's episode, I talked about our nervous system and the analogy of programming. You know, we have these programs that get created for us as kids when traumatic things happen. And when things happen now that engage our nervous system in similar ways, our nervous system goes back and searches our old programs and is like, oh, yes, we have one for this from 1989. Dad yells at me for making a mistake. That seems to fit this situation too. Let's run with that program. And so it takes me back to 1989. That's why it feels like I'm that kid again, because I am. My nervous system has just time traveled me back to being that little girl whose daddy was yelling at her because she made a mistake. So when I talk about being really gentle and compassionate with yourself when you're going through this and and doing this work... One big reason is because a lot of the time you are working with your inner child. And one of the ways you heal through this and build resilience is to emotionally attune with your inner child and meet them where they're at. This is healing trauma. This is working with your nervous system. This is increasing your resilience and your capacity When I'm in that moment of taking responsibility for someone else's reaction, for someone else's emotions, I feel so much guilt and shame. I feel this smoldering sensation in my chest, in in my heart center, in my solar plexus, almost like an internal blushing but not because someone gave me a compliment, not a, not the flattered kind, but rather that, oh my God, I did something wrong kind of guilty feeling. And those are all signposts for me. If I'm feeling guilt and shame and these somatic sensations within my body due to someone else's emotional reaction, that is a really good indicator. That is excellent information free of any value judgment, meaning I'm not criticizing myself for feeling that way, for me to take note and take pause and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I might be taking responsibility for this person's emotions. And that's not my job. I'm not responsible for their emotions. There's that mantra again. I'm not responsible for their emotions. The more I do the inner work with myself, the better able I am to internalize the truth that we are all responsible for our own feelings, and that's it. I am not responsible for anyone else's thoughts or feelings. It is so liberating. <laughs> it, is, it is just life-changing. It's a breath of fresh air. It's energetic weight lost. You didn't even realize that you were carrying. 
The inner work that I do involves a lot of work with inner child, as I mentioned. It also centers around awareness of my own inner dialogue, what my own triggers are, and how I am projecting onto others, and how and where I am passing value judgment on my own thoughts and feelings. Also, it's really important just to to give a little reminder and a gentle nudge to point out that these patterns and programming have had a lifetime to operate (laughs) and to be ingrained within you. So please be patient with yourself as you're unwinding them and shifting into more empowered ones. This is why a holistic approach is so important. It really gives your whole self, your mind, your body, your spirit, an opportunity to heal and reprogram. Because you can't just will your nervous system into not feeling terrified of being kicked out of the tribe and wandering lost and hungry before dying in the dark and the cold alone just because you intellectually understand that you aren't responsible for other people's feelings. It takes time to build that resiliency and to heal through the many different layers that the old programming has permeated to more deeply integrate and internalize that intellectual knowing. And that is where the healing work lies. And that is what I guide and facilitate inside of healing mentorship. My love, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with me today, for trusting me on your own healing and empowerment journey as a sensitive. I hope you have found this supportive and um, I invite you to please take this mantra, I am not responsible for their feelings with you into the holidays. And remember, you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got and I love you.